Hi, this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and you're listening to Get the Funk Out. You're not going to be in the funk when you listen to this story. I am joined by Ted and Ray Seekhamstrom, and they're going to talk about the Shelby Events Center, their whole journey with their love of, love with, of cars. I know I've been a huge Mustang fan most of my life, especially as a teen, and I'm really excited that they're joining us. Welcome. Good morning. Give me a sense of why you are so passionate about cars. Maybe we'll start with Ray. <laughs> I've been a car lover my whole life. Um, I used to be in the garage with my dad working on cars with him. My dad used to drive stock cars. And before my mom and dad got married, uh, he went to work in the pits. So he was very much into cars. And he felt very passionate that my brother and I should know something about cars as far as fixing them. And so um, our parents bought us our very first car. My brother's was $50, mine was $100, but we had to rebuild the engines on them. So it's been something in my life because of my dad. Yeah, which is a great skill because you're not sitting around saying, I need somebody else to do it. Well, he wanted it. So if I had to go someplace and have it, have repair work that they wouldn't come out and try to sell something to me I really didn't need. Which is great. So um, give me a sense. What year was this? How old were you? Um, When we got the cars, I was 16. Okay. But I had been in, yeah, (laughs) I'd been in the garage, like I said, working with them. Even when I was little, I'd hold the flashlight for him. Or if he would bleed the brakes, I got to sit in the car and push the brake pedal for him. So I was always out there. Yeah. What about you, Ted? I grew up on a family farm down here in Costa Mesa. And, uh, you know, working on old tractors that we used every day in the field and stuff. So I had every tool available to me in the the farm shop there. And my my first car was a 1966 hand-me-down Mustang from my older sister. And I drove that for one or two years. And I found this beautiful 1972 Mach 1 <laughs> on the on the wow. used car lot. And I just fell in love with that body style. And I stayed with that for many, many, many years. Uh, we picked up our first Shelby. was in uh, 1986. And from 1986 to, well, let's say yesterday, uh, there's 96 Shelbys and Cobras and big block Fords in the collection right now. Fantastic. And For people that Trying don't to come know. up with the best way of, of, of presenting that to the, to the community is Ray and I thought, well, we got it. We got to build a center for it. And yeah. somehow we, gotta, you know, let people come in and see all this and make their own memories like we had. Now tell me about the different, styles of these mustangs for people that don't know what is a shelby you know versus a different style well basically carol shelby took uh you know a ford mustang and modified it and produced it and he came out first with the uh, gt350 which was you know a 65 mustang 65 66 mustang Mm -hmm. that went you know about twice as fast as it was supposed to you know but it was all his uh creation his own uh uh, techniques and his uh, workers that did it and came up with a working combination. His um, his claim to fame actually goes back to earlier where he was in the 24-hour Le Mans race over there uh, in Europe. And as an independent person and built his own cars, 
he won the 24-hour race. He beat factory for uh, Ferrari and Whoa. other manufacturers just as his own person, you know. So he enjoyed a very good relationship with uh, Ford for many, many, many years. But he developed the Cobra, the AC Cobra, uh, taking a European sports car and putting a big uh, American motor in it. And that was basically his claim to fame. He, he, at one time, he himself and his crew built the fastest car in the world. And a lot of people don't realize that. I did not um, know that. No, the Cobras were the fastest car at the time, you know, in the world. United States, I should say. You know. About what year was that? Uh, early 60s. Okay. When first came out in the early 60s there. <clears throat> but he, um, his team developed the uh, Daytona. And uh, that's what one of the other cars that they ran at Le Mans and won Le Mans with was their uh, uh, Cobra Daytona, Shelby Daytona, excuse me. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, it's quite unique. You know, his history is, you know, boy, I mean, he, he was there in all the history <laughs> in the early days of their, of uh, automotive manufacturing, but he did it on his own. You know, that's, that's where the, the big story is. <laughs> sure. I was going to say, I grew up on the East Coast, and I remember being a little girl, I think I was four years old, and my mom drove a powder blue, I think it was a 64 Mustang, and then we had a white convertible one at one point, and I love these cars. I just, I remember being yeah. almost 16 and saying, I really want to use Mustang. I, that's all I wanted for my birthday. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're a good car. I mean, you know, they weren't as popular as uh, the, the world presented it to be. Mm -hmm. uh, Carol and uh, Lee Iacocca were a good friend and Lee came to him one day and said you know uh, working with Hertz rental cars and we need to up update the uh, uh, quality of these cars and make them uh, go a little faster and things like that and Carol's <laughs> famous reply was Lee you can't make a racehorse out of a mule <laughs> <laughs> so he did he actually made a thousand of them for the Hertz rental company. And uh, they had about 800 of them were black and gold. Okay. Black with gold stripes. And they made four other colors, you know, red, blue, green, and white, roughly 50, you know, give or take here and there. <clears throat> and you could actually go to the, you know, fly to a certain city and you can rent a Hertz rental car, which was a Shelby Mustang. <laughs> and That's you know, they, a lot of fun. Oh, <laughs> it was. They, they were known in, in those days as renter racers. Because the kids would rent them on a Friday, yeah, race them on the weekend, <laughs> and then take them back on Monday. <laughs> the smart kids got underneath the there and they disconnected the speedometer cable, <laughs> so they weren't getting charged Very for you know, nine, <laughs> nine cents a mile and all that. But, race you know, shaking your head. <laughs> the smart well, kids, the smart kids would rent it on Friday, pull the engine out, what? and put a stock, stock motor back in it. <laughs> And you know, actually, they were they were you know they were called renter racers. So you know, the the guy at Hertz says, "Hey, it drove out and it drove back in with a different <laughs> engine." Know. Yep, swapped yeah. engines out of it. Yeah. That's when it used to be you paid by the mileage. There was not unlimited mileage. Yes, and actually, when they were restoring one of our '66 Hertz cars, they actually found a speedometer lock on it. They had heard about them, um, but nobody had ever seen one. So we have, we actually have the speedometer lock that they took off of there. They had to make a key to fit it, but it's kind of interesting to look at. 
very clever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people have seen him, you know, Hertz, that was a uh, uh, desperate <laughs> thing that Hertz did, you know. There's a few of them around, but they've been gone for, you know, 50 years. And when we redid our Hertz, we have we have one of every color. And in the um, speedometer lock was on one of the green Hertz right. rental cars. And I was like, that that's kind of unique. <laughs> no. are, are you both amazed at the value of Mustangs and Shelby's right now in 2023? Yes, you mean the old no. ones or new ones? The new ones? Even the old ones. I looked up the 1964 Mustang my mother had, and I'm like, wow, look at that price tag. Well, that's nothing compared to a Shelby. <laughs> you, can, you can get the new cars and... Uh, uh, all the 2023 uh, mm -hmm. models are out there, and they're coming straight from the factory. 725 horsepower, <laughs> unbelievable! I mean, they're they're fantastic cars, and you know, Mustang is one of the one of the few cars that has lasted over 50 years in productions. Yeah, you know, six, 64 and a half was the first time they came out. You know, they came out with little six cylinders. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they were kind of known as the secretary car, <laughs> but they had a lot more potential. Sure. You know, I found we, that out in my days of playing with cars. <laughs> yeah. We had a, we have a 2022 um, off the factory uh, showroom floor at 740 horsepower. We're in line to send it to Shelby to become a KR, which is king of the road. When it comes home, it will have 900 plus horsepower street legal really so legal yeah we're just they've been having problems getting some of the parts we got a letter that they're starting on them and we'll be sending ours up to vegas here shortly okay was that because of the pandemic would you think no, no it, it's it, carbon fiber stuff they were building i see i see so tell me about the uh you know the shelby event center because it's it looks beautiful. I haven't gone yet, but I looked at the website and you, there's, you know, education and that you can rent out different areas for events. I want to start in here really quick. Something that I'm really proud of is all the net proceeds from this event center goes to the Shriners for Children Medical Center in Pasadena, the Carol Shelby Foundation. And till the end of this year, we partnered with Kathy Ireland for a portion of our ticket sales for the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation. That is so wonderful. I'm really proud to announce all of that. That is great. I actually put that on the show blog uh, about the Shriners uh, for Children Medical Center and the Carol Shelby Foundation providing medical assistance for those in need, including children. That's wonderful. Right. I'm a, I'm a member of the Elbakel Shrine up in uh, Anaheim. And okay. our our mission basically is to fund these hospitals. There's 22 children's hospitals across the United States, uh, one in Canada, one in Mexico. Uh, they're funded by all the Shriners. And it's free to the kids, free to the family. Uh, we have transportation fund. And so if you need to get picked up at an airport somewhere or air, you know, airfare coming to the country, you know, we have that. We supply that. But I'm also in the parade units. So about eight or nine times a year, we, we do uh, city parades. And I'm in the, uh, what they call the Tin Lizzie's, which is a miniature Model T go-kart. Really? <laughs> and there's 25 of us in there. And we're all big old 200-pound guys in these little <laughs> tiny Model T cars. So. <laughs> but, you know, that's one of the most widely known 
a recognizable image of a Shriner is is either the clowns that walk in the parade or yes. a Tin Lizzie. So, yes. So, when is the parade yeah. held? Oh, they're there's they're, different ones. Yeah, one or two. Uh, okay. They just I, had the orange parade on Saturday, and I think we have the Garden Grove Strawberry Festival coming up. Oh yes, that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. They do. We do the Anaheim um, holiday or ha Halloween parade, which is usually the Saturday before Halloween. They do the um, mission. What is it? Mission Viejo Christmas parade. Okay. Is it Mission uh, Laguna Hills? Yeah. Laguna, Laguna Hills? Hills. Okay. Christmas yeah. parade. Um, so there's all sorts of ones that we do. There's usually like one a month. Um, we go to Indio. We've been going to Indio in February for their parade. Um, so there's lots of them. That is great. You must meet the big so one, many the big people. Big one is, um, yeah, the big parade is uh, Huntington Beach Fourth of July parade. Oh, I forgot about and that one. That is, that is the biggest parade this side of the Mississippi River. Uh, you know, broadcast on TV all over it, but it's it's a long one for us. It's like six miles Whoa. of uh, you know doing doing our routines on the street and waving at people and all that. And, mm -hmm. and the hard they're thing no is not they're to noise. Cool. <laughs> they're known for their noisemakers. They all oh. have horns and bells and whistles. Okay, uh, Ted just happened to take get some uh, <clears throat> boat horns from his dad's old boat, and they're air horns, and he had them mounted under his car so we can hear him coming about a mile away because those <laughs> things are so loud i bet yeah the hard the hard, hard part is not running out of gas of course <laughs> you know, these, these are just little lawnmower engines <laughs> six miles is a long ways on a tank of fuel <laughs> oh my gosh i said tell me is it just the two of you running the event center or do you have a whole team of people well, we have five, five other employees that work with us. Okay. And stuff. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, these are areas that need to be um, taken care of, you know, um, event coordinator type person that uh, uh, works setting up uh, uh, the events, talking to the people on the phone, getting their requirement. Um, we have tours of the place we give out. Um, once once you have an event, depending upon the size of it, we we do have to move some cars sometimes. Okay. Uh, our main, our main uh, main area is over seven thousand square feet of you know area. That is big. So you yeah. get two hundred and fifty, two hundred and seventy five people sitting down at tables, things like that. But we have two private suites upstairs that are available, um, in some other areas. And great pictures on the website. I want to give the website out to listeners. It's Seagrimstrom Shelby Event Center .com. By the way, when did this uh, center come to be? October 30th of 2021. Yeah. Okay. And I'll give you, we also added to our website to make it a little bit easier to get to. It's S-S-E-C-O-C. -E so it stands for Sega Shim Selby Event Center, Orange County. Got it. Okay. So if you go to www.sssecoc.com, you'll get to the website also. Perfect. And people can plan their visits and events. I've seen, you know, different um, great, you know, pictures on this website of different events. Uh, there's a ticket link, a calendar. Uh, you have some great merch, T-shirts and hats and things like that. We just we just started that. We started with a few things and it's going to grow as we get more things into our gift shop. Amazing. Anything else you'd like listeners to know about you and the center? 
just well, come out, you know. Three, three, three things that we want you to do when you when you come. You know, the, the first is uh, learn a little bit of automotive history. Mm -hmm. It's um, you know, it's a little short time in, in automotive history, you know, the early 60s, mid 60s. And it's just carried on from there. And I want you to come and um, learn about a man, learn about Carol. Mm -hmm. And look what he did for this world. And he did it all on his own. You know, he had some backing from Ford and all that. But like I said, at one time, he, he made the fastest car in the world. <laughs> and then next time you come back, you know, hold that family reunion that's, you know, 20 years overdue. And come on and, you know, have a party. Make your own memories like we have. And, uh, you know, we don't, they, we don't require much. But we're open Tuesday through Sundays. And, and you're right in on Watney, 5 Watney. It was Carol from Orange County? Texas. No. Oh, Texas. Yeah. Okay. He, start, he started out, I mean, in his, in his youth and during the war, he was a, uh, a fighter pilot, but he stayed back here and he trained all the fighter pilots at home. And then after that, he went to, you know, he lived in Texas and he started raising chickens and things like that. And he um, eventually went to working with uh, some of the big companies. He, he, he drove for uh, Renzo Ferrari, uh, Maserati, people like that before he started doing his own racing. Um, he had a problem. There was a big uh, virus went through the chicken industry. He, he lost over 200,000 chickens in a, wow. like a week. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he borrowed somebody's car. It was a friend of his. He borrowed he had a little MGB and there was a county fair. They were holding races and he beat, he, he borrowed the guy's car and he won the race. And that's what kind of, you know, planted the bug in his brain. <laughs> you know, and he went from there, but. Yeah, him and Lorenzo Ferrari didn't get along very well at the end there. <laughs> yeah. Well, this year would have been Carol's 100th birthday. So there's Aww. lots of celebrations going around with the Shelby family and things like that. Good. And I don't know if Ted even knows this, but last weekend they actually put a historical marker at his gravesite in Texas. Oh, in Trilinga, Texas, where where his he's buried. That is great. And you have a wonderful location, too, for the center. Thank it, you. You know, it's just, you know, it seems like easy access. Um, I want to give out the contact information again. It's info at SSE. Let me do it again. Info at SSECOC.com. And if they go to SSECOC.com, they'll find out all the information about the center. Uh, this has been great. I you know, for people that already love the car, this is going to be so exciting. But for people who are not that familiar, it's a great education. What's it is. We hope we can, you know, get that across to the people when they come. It's, you know, come and enjoy yourself again. Make your own memories. You know, Ray and I are available for, you know, tours or talks or questions anytime you want. Ray, what were you going to say? It's really nice when we have like a couple come and the wife's like, well, you know, I'm not really into cars. I just came to keep them company. And afterwards they come back and said, it was so interesting reading all the things around about Carol Shelby, about how things happened in that. So you don't necessarily have to be a car lover to, to come and do it. I guarantee you will fall in love with some of the cars because there's some incredible cars in our collection. Um, but you will also, if you read some of the stuff, watch some of the TVs and that, you'll also learn some history about it. Forgot to ask you, you told me that the center opened in 2021. Was that a tough decision at the time that we were right in the pandemic? 
No, not really. We were coming out of it pretty much. Um, okay. The big stumbling block we did have is we ordered a special uh, two-car lift so we can get the uh, cars upstairs in, in their areas. And it came in in July of 2021, and it sat out here in the freighter <laughs> until November <laughs> to get oh, unloaded. No. Well, we opened in October, <laughs> and we had all the cars upstairs that were supposed to go up there. So <laughs> as long as you don't work for Caltrans or, you know, Cal OSHA. Or anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, don't, don't ask how we did it. Yeah, don't ask. <laughs> and as far as people having an events, having events at your location, have there been like wedding receptions, birthday parties, just about anything? We've had, we had our first wedding reception in December. And one of the things that we did here at the event center is we have we have the Thunderbird suite and we have the Cobra suite. Now, PC says we can't call them the bride suite or the groom suite, but that's kind of what they are. The Thunderbird suite is set up for the ladies. There is a makeup table. There's a little bar in there. There's couches for them to rest on. There's a big dressing area for them in that for them to relax. They can put the TV on if they want. They can put music on. The groom's room or the, the Cobra suite has a Mustang pool table in it for the guys to do. There's a couch with TVs, also a small bar. So we built this thinking about doing weddings. We have done birthday parties. We've had Christmas parties. We've had corporate parties. We've had enrichment lectures. Uh, we also have a, a conference room that we can do 16 to 18 people at. We have okay. all top of the the line AV, we have the patio where we can do stuff. So we try to, to make it for that. We can hopefully do almost anybody here. That's fantastic. Now, uh, what do you both drive? What, like, what do you have a car that you <laughs> absolutely love? <laughs> well, we do both have Mustangs. Okay. What year? So I will say that, but that is not what we drive normally. Okay. Um, I, I drive an Escalade and Ted drives an Escalade ESV okay. or a 3500 Chevy Silverado truck. Okay. But what's your Mustang? What year? We both have 2015 GT350s and I have a 2008 red stripe convertible. Beautiful. My that favorite. Is, that is great. Oh my gosh. Well, there's 96 cars total in the collection. And um, once they get restored, we don't drive them anymore. Uh, once they're in finished up like that, you don't even wash them with, with water because it'll cause metal to rest. Mm -hmm. So then they're taken care of inside the building and they really don't go outside anymore. And that's the way to preserve it. You know, there's a lot of controversy on when you find some of these older cars and people say, well, leave it the way you found it. It's like, no, you know, another 10 years, it'll probably be a rust bucket. Right. Let's pre preserve it. Let's keep it for the next people. And, yes. you know, the way we get done with them, they're good for another 50 years. Sure. You know. Yeah. So you no, take that's... care of them. So, it, you know, people, well, why, do you, why don't you drive them? Well, because if you drive them, they wear out and you can get in an accident or somebody could hit you a door ding or something yeah. like that. It's yeah. not worth it. <laughs> right. You know, it's really not worth it. So Well, it's really like going to a museum. They're looking at pieces in time that hold mm -hmm. a lot of memories for people. You know, I'm sure so many people come in and say, oh, my mother had that car, my dad, my uncle, my grandparents, yeah. you know, it's, you're capturing a moment in time. It's great. Yeah. I'm preserving it for the future. You know, mm -hmm. that that's the best thing we can do is give our, you know, 
our collection, open it up to the public and have them enjoy it, you know, and, you know, have a good time when you're there. That's it. Very yeah. easy. Was um one last question. Was Carol's foundation started when Carol was alive or did, was it started after? No, he, he was alive. He, and he, what he did is he had a heart transplant. And while he was waiting in, uh, in the hospital to get, get his heart, you know, he met a couple of kids that were basically the same situation. They needed, you know, uh, heart valves and things like that. And he just fell for him. And so he was fortunate enough to get his heart. And then he started the children's foundation from there. That's beautiful. And yeah, it, it's really cool. And, uh, you know, Carol, he, he was probably, if I remember right, he was probably the longest living uh, survivor of a heart transplant. And people don't realize that. And he had actually had a kidney transplant from one of his boys. <laughs> he had wow. a kidney go back. But that's why Carol had to give up actually driving in the races because his heart was so bad. Okay. And he said, you know, no more excitement. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, what a wonderful way to preserve his memory. Oh, we try. You know, yeah. the man did a whole lot. And uh, we want to sh- kind of share that as much as we can. You know, this displays that'll be coming and going. And we, you know, stories that we heard from other people. And uh, some of the some of the workers that actually worked for Carol in the old days, and things, and uh, you know, it's it, again, it's it's a little piece of time. It's wonderful. Well, thank you both for all you do. I want to thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? Ray? No, I'm good. No, good. All right. Appreciate your good. time. Thank you. It.